Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. start out with Luke chapter 17. We've been going along with Luke um, for some time now and going through the parables, um, some parables that Jesus had taught. And so today we're going to continue with that. Um, Mother, could you start us out in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and give you glory, honor, and praise. Thank you for giving us another opportunity to be here to learn the word of God and to be able to share with others. And we ask you to bless each and every one here and one that's on the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I also ask the, uh, like to ask the Lord to open up our hearts to what he has to say and to open up our minds to understand what he has to say. Um, as I've been studying uh, Frida and I kind of briefly talked about some of the things, some of the things in the parables that we've been talking about. We've heard the parables and we know the stories. But to when you really, really dig deep and God, the Holy Spirit opens up your mind and opens up your heart to receive what God has to say, it puts a whole new meaning to the stories in which we've been working on, uh, talking about. And so today, um, we're going to do Luke 17. We're going to do Luke 17. And I like to look at it from the aspects of forgiveness, faith, and duty. And what we're going to do today would be Luke 17, 1 through 10 for today. Okay. Sister Brown, could you get us started? Luke 17. And he said to his disciples, Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come at once and recline at table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, 
When you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have truly done what was our duty. Amen. And I had to pay it, I'm sure um, you are, the version that she was reading is different from mine, but it's basically the same. In the first part, we have one through two. Uh, I'd like to look at that. And it said, then he said to disciples, it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, then that he should be then that he should offend one of these little ones. When Jesus did the account of talked about uh, Lazarus and the rich man, he made it clear that eternity was for real, and that no one from beyond will come back to warn us anything. You know, um, it is all more imperative on how we live and show Jesus to the others on this side of eternity because right now is what counts forever. And I don't know if I said that again, right? I'm gonna say it again. It is all the more imperative how we live and show Jesus to others on this side of eternity because right now counts forever. And if you remember when Nancy did her, I believe she did her, um, um, I don't know, she brought the word one, one Sunday, and she talked about how important right now counts. Right now counts because we can't go back. We don't know what's going to happen, so what we do right now as saints of God is what is important. And if we look at the things that we do right now and see just how imperative they are, maybe then some of our thinkings would change because, like again, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. And so Jesus, when he gives this, he goes on and he talks about woe to them whom they do come. We're going to all go through stuff in life. Things are going to happen to us in life. So it depends on how you react, how you react to those things now. And he tells us in the next part, woe to him to whom they do come. Uh, we know that people are going to do go through things. They're going to be tripped up. Can we have some air in here? Hot. <laughs> Something. Um, it says, woe to him that they do come because Jesus, they're, they're going to come. People are going to get caught up and do some things. But it depends, again, like I said, on how we react to them. And how you react. And it goes to, as saints of God, sometimes we do some very ungodly things. Uh, we don't act like Christians. And so we always think, you know, people see us and we do things according to what man does. But God sees everything we does. God knows how our hearts are. So we can fool people, but we can't fool him. Okay? So... In this lesson, he talks about, um, I'm, trying, I'm doing two different translations. So in this lesson, he's talking to the disciples. And he tells them that uh, 
People are going to take the bait. People are going to take the bait, but woe to you if you are stumbling blocks in their way. So when we have new saints come, they look at you. They look at the things that we do, and we should not stumble. Set it up where they stumble because they're seeing you. And that's what happened with a lot of us. I think about some of the things that we've done, some of the things that I've learned in the past caused me not to, I wouldn't say have the faith that I do, but it caused me to kind of doubt some things. Um, being a young saint at one time, and even as an older saint, just the things that we see and we do, it just caused me to question. But Jesus tell them, woe to him that set those uh, stumbling blocks up for others. Okay? Any questions so far? One of the authors that I was reading said, it is even better when you had, you know, if you had a horrible death. And that's what he talks about when he talks about the millstone. The millstone was, um, from what I could tell, it was like a rock or something that they would put around. Was it the cattle dock? With the, put no, the millstone is what they grinded corn on. Okay, well somebody I said, it said something that they put uh, around their, their neck. Okay, so he said, Okay, it's a little different. But it, you know, it, it, it would cause you to stumble. And if they put one of the, I'm not understanding now. Mm -hmm. It is better to offend one, would, would have a horrible death than to have this millstone put on it because then with the millstone you couldn't get up out of the sea or whatever. Yeah, it's real but, heavy. Yeah, so it's a very heavy, yeah. So, huh? Yeah, yeah. So this is a lesson that the church learned the hard way in trying to help God to curse the, the Jewish race um, for their rejection of the Messiah. The curse came back and the church was worse than ever. If anyone seemed to rip the judgment or the discipline of God, let God do it. Let, let get out the way. He doesn't need, and I'm sorry because I was typing this and I see I made him a lot of mistakes. God doesn't need you as an instrument of his judgment, only as an instrument of his love. So as we go down further, it tells us if someone stumbles, you have to deal with it and you have to forgive them. And that is really, really hard to do. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things, I think, as Christians that we have to deal with. We have a hard time dealing with forgiveness. A lot of times we say we forgive. And I have, personally, I have talked about forgiving someone and really think I forgive that person until I see him. And when I see him, it all started coming back. And I have to stop and pray. Pardon? No, but you know, we think we do. We think we do. Or we say we do, and we start talking to them, and as you're talking to them, they may say something, and it's all. But Christ tells here in the um, Luke 17, he says, you have to do it. If that person comes to you and repent seven times, you have to forgive them seven times. But in Matthew, he goes even further, and he says, seven times 70. 
Now we don't have to sit up and take account. That's one time I forgave him. That's two times, three times. But what it's showing is love. This is the epitome of love when you can actually go through and people do something to you and you truly, truly can forgive. And that's what we have to strive for. We have to strive to love that person. Uh, in doing my study, and it's like when you study the word of God and God speaks to you, it's like, ouch, ouch, ouch. Because huh? it hits home. It hits home. And so when I'm studying, it's like, this is me. This is me. And so I know from experience, we all know from experience that forgiveness is hard. And some of us, you know, if someone has someone to do something to them, <clears throat> came in there four or five or six times a day, repenting, we're supposed to forgive. You always say, you know what, that's the eighth time. I'm tired. I, I can't do it no more. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Time is up. Yeah. But then I thought about the thing. Yeah, keep doing the same thing over. You said forget it. I'm through. But I thought about if God took that attitude with us, how many times during the day that we've done things, some things we repent, and some things we, we, we don't. But God never says, that's it, I'm through with you. you know, pardon me. We would be in trouble, yes. Because he says, you know, just in my studying, I just thought about all the things that I do. And at, during, when I, during my study, the only thing I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace for your long suffering and for <clears throat> keeping me because the things that I do and the things that we do, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But yet we talk about others, you know, and we do things others. Hey, what's the difference between repenting and saying that you're sorry? You can say sorry and this is my, when you repent, you, you actually mean it. You're, you're surrendering yourself. You're opening yourself up. You're forgiving, and you forget. But when you say, I'm sorry, a lot of times that can be shallow. I'm sorry. Oh, I think that people say a lot. We've said the, word, I'm, the words, I'm sorry, so much that the meaning is nothing. It's not really sincere. When you say... Really but when you, what, is, what does that mean? You really mean it. I mean, that's a term that we use as if it has uh, some stability in it, but it really doesn't. Because when I say I'm sorry, I mean it. So what's the difference? What does okay. repent mean? I, what does biblical, what, what does biblical repentance mean? So turn, 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 turn around, right. So right. repentance would be, from that would be, okay, I'm saying I'm sorry, and I promise I will never do that again. I'm turning from what I was doing. And I'm not going to mistreat that person or say something like that again. So is repentance so, a covenant thing with God that you, you you might do something to a person, but is repentance more so, like when David sinned, he said, I sinned against you, O Lord, and you only. Is repentance something that, that Christians have, a gift that Christians have, the ability to turn and change? Because repentance really, more than sorry, is a changed mind. Mm -hmm. 
So I think, you know, when I read this around, we're talking about when a brother repents, we normally say, if a person comes say sorry, 70 times 70, no. If the person has shown some, some turning seven times 70, we need to allow them the room to grow in that thing that they say they repented in. Because, you know, a changed mind is like turning a big ship. Some, some things can be turned right away, mm -hmm. and some things take time. Right. You know, right. You know uh, some of us got siblings that, that need to repent. Yeah, but it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you loud. <laughs> but it takes, it takes time. Yes, you know, and I think the, where God wants us to be is give them the room to grow with their repentance. Yeah. And their repentance, right? You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we just don't. Well, you know, when and when when I was saying about the I'm sorry, I think that we use it kind. It's kind of like some people use the word love. I love you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And don't you know they they just say it because that's what you're supposed to say. It has very shallow meaning. You know, I do something, oh, I'm sorry, and that's it. Right. And going back, I always tell, you know, don't say you're sorry if you don't mean it. So I guess that's where the repentance would come, you know, mm -hmm. because we all, well, I'm saying, I, say, I told her, I'm sorry, you know, she don't accept it, and that's on her. Mm -hmm. But you really didn't mean it when you say, I'm sorry. Because a lot of times when we say we're sorry, let's be honest, we just sorry got caught. That's true. <laughs> that's true. You know, whatever it is, you know, it doesn't have to be anything drastic, but we're sorry that you found out found out that the, there was an offense and we didn't we didn't want you to find, find out. Find out, right. Yeah, but now we got caught. Now we've been told, you know, somebody comes, you need to go say you sorry. And really that person and it's what Christians, we talk about Christians now. We ain't we're ain't worried about the heathen. Christians need to understand they need if if they're in a position where they need to feel sorry, they need to really be need to think about how they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Because that means you bought an offense. I mean, sometimes you can be bring an offense and not know it, but a lot of times they call it shade. You know what you're doing. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. You yes. know what you're doing. You yes. just mad because that person figured out what you was doing. You know, like you can talk over somebody's head. We know I've done it. Talk over somebody's head and really be shading them. Mm -hmm. And then when that person figures it out, now we sorry we got caught, but we should be trying to offend, like you said, like the like the scripture said. Be careful because we're in danger when we seek out to offend. Yes. For our own purpose, our own right. selfish purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're Can fine. I ask a question too. Go ahead. Um, we all say forgive and forget, mm -hmm. but I find it very difficult to forget um, because if I just I don't know how to forget things. I don't know how to tell my mind, hey, don't think about that. Mm -hmm. uh, because the situation might come back up again with that same person or with another person. If I haven't learned, if I just forgot what happened to me the last time, it's just going to keep coming at me if, if I'm explaining that correctly. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, it, 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 and, and I think, I I think so somebody can answer it first before I say something. I think that's a good question. When, when we say forgive and forget, the Bible talks about that we need to forget. Um, we know everybody in this room knows it's just, that's almost it's impossible. It's impossible, but I'm going to say something talking. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use a word that that is a big word, but a lot of times in the Bible, God gives us something that is called anthropomorphically. What? Anthropomorphically, it just means that it's from a human standard, so you can understand. Think about it. God really doesn't forget because he's all-knowing. Yes, he is. So if I all-know, that means I never forget. The key that he's trying to show us, our forgetfulness, he said he throws our sins away as far as the east is from the west. Right. Mm -hmm. 
they're thrown away. But the key is, it doesn't have any impact on the relationship that he has with us. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness in a, in a Christian thing is not that it's blank from my mind and it don't, it's not there. You know, it's, it's there, but I'm not going to hold that against you when I deal with you. And I'm not going to think about what you did to me because I reestablished the relationship with you. You know, it's like reconciliation. Well, think about it. It's, it's yeah. reconciliation. Yes. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is reconciling the world back unto himself. Well, he understands how wicked the world is. He understands the sin of the world. And for those who believe, he accepts them through the blood of Jesus Christ. And he never allows that life over here to have an impact in his relationship with you now. You know, so on our end, for us, it's, no, I still know you did it, but because of what you've done, repented, you've shown a changed heart, I have a changed heart, so I'm not going to even bring it up again. Again, We're not, we're not going to discuss it unless it's discussed in a laughing manner. Right. You know, and all of us have been through some stuff that, that we've held against a person, and we're cool with them now, and we look back at it and we laugh about it. That's, that's the forgiveness, forgiveness thing going together because that which harmed you now that you sit back and look at it, both of you, the violator and the violated, sit back and laugh about it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's only when the violators start laughing and be like, hmm, you laugh a little bit too much. <laughs> you know, that it ain't, it, hey, it ain't that funny. <laughs> right. You know, but, yeah. but, that, but that's what it means. It, does, it anthropomorphically means the, the forgiveness of God is so uh, awesome. This is yes, Brown would say. Such an awesome concept to understand that he forgives us totally. Mm-hmm. It takes, in our flesh, we can only dream to one day aspire to that once we're on the other side, but it's a practice that we should try to do here, and there's a benefit for us, because only through us being in the position of understanding our repentance and the repentance of others can we truly have a peace. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness brings about a peace. Yes, it does. And yeah, you may be mad at them, but I ain't mad at them no more. Well, did they do that to you? Yes, they did. Did they? Yes, they did. But 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 I have a God. See, when I when I can't forgive, I look at Christ. Yeah. Amen. That's Amen. the easiest way to do that. Yeah, Every time I can't do, do something because of my flesh, mm-hmm. I, I as you become more involved and in, in Christ in the relationship with Christ, you turn to Him and you just look at Him and say, "What am I doing?" He forgave me of so much, and He never brings it up again. Think about Christ never brings up your sin again. He wants you to grow. Yes, he does. And like Sister Brown started off, that's one of the things that we stumble. We don't, in church, the biggest stumbling block we have is that we don't provide a, provide a, 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 a position or a stature that allows people to grow from their sin. Because we want them where we at now. And that's why I'd say, you know, you ain't as far as you think. And they ain't, as, they ain't as far from you as you think. Right. So give them room to grow. Watch them grow. You know, the magnificent thing about being in my position of y'all serving, I've watched each one of you grow at a different pace. No, Nobody in this room is growing at the same pace. But you're all growing because of what he promised. So when Sister Brown said forgiveness and stumbling block, your key is, am, am I doing something out of selfishness? Am I doing something really to help them? Amen. Because if I'm doing it out of selfishness now, now there is an offense. They just may call it yet. But if I'm doing it really out of to help them, and what I've learned, a lot of times, helping them is shutting up and leaving them alone. Mm-hmm. Pray for them. Amen. Yes. Pray for them. 
If you don't understand, don't worry about it right at the moment. Pray for them. A lot of things have happened in this church with me in Christ where pay, it's, it's that fruit of the spirit, long-suffering patience. Just let it go. They ain't worth talking about. Pray for them. You may know it's wrong, but pray for them. You know, somebody else may bring it to them that's, that's easier on their, on their ears than you because you're too close. All right? Go ahead. And in, no, in my study, and in it, one of the word, uh, one of the, uh, I was reading something, mm -hmm. and they had the title of, if someone stumbles, if someone stumbles you, deal with it and forgive them, and that's just plain and simple. Forgive them, <coughs> deal with them. Again, like we said, we can't do it. It's only through Christ that we can. Okay, we can't do it by ourselves. And it tells us that if a brother sins against us, we're to rebuke him. Sometimes people do things, and Doc just mentioned it, that they don't realize they do. Talk to them. Talk to them and, 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 and see. Sometimes they do, and, you know, they do it intentionally. But the whole thing in that stumbling and forgiving is love. Amen. It's love. We have to learn how to love others as we love ourselves and as we love God. And so, you know, every time that I talk um, and teach, the whole thing is love and us trying to be Christ-like. We have to be Christ-like because our flesh is totally different than what he tells us to do in Scripture. So, again, we can't do it by ourselves, but we have to talk to each other. And we have to be like Galatians 5.22 tells us to be long-suffering. And... <laughs> You talk about that. Uh, sometimes we even forget we're so mad and upset about it. We can't even explain why. You know, the Hatfield and McCoys, they fought against each other for years. Yeah. And then later on, some of the kids and grandkids got to mingling and talking, and it's like they don't even know why they fought in the first place. It was stupid. Stupid. I don't remember what they were fighting for either. But we have to learn how to. I, um, Like I said, when I study, I just try to keep putting myself in those situations and evaluating myself and the things that I do. And again, sometimes I look, I'm like, mm -mm, I didn't do that right. I've even had to uh, think you were just talking about something that you did and you really didn't want to do. And sometimes I've had to go back and apologize to people after I thought about it. You know, I'm sorry that I did. And they may not have taken that as an offense of what I did or what I said, but you know, that didn't come out right. It didn't look God-like. God-like. And so I have to come back and we have to evaluate ourselves. But we have to, just like we expect for people to be patient and long-suffering with us, then uh, we need to be the same way. You know, we can't say one thing and do something else. And so we have to be long-suffering and bear with each one another in love. And we can't be sensitive either. <laughs> You know, we can't be sensitive, but we have to love. And when we are sinned against in a significant way, we have to follow Ephesians 4.15 as pattern. We need to speak the truth in love. Love isn't going to other people. I mean, and love is not going to other people and talking about it. Love isn't bottling it up inside of you. Love is getting straight with the person who sinned against you. You know, we don't go back and talk about sister so-and-so, but I love her anyway now. You know, that's not love. We don't bottle it up and just, well, I'm just going to forget it and not 
deal with it. Deal, you have to deal with it. Otherwise, it's just going to fester. It's going to fester. And if he repents, forgive him. And this is the challenge from Jesus. There is no other option given. When the person who offended you repents, we must forgive them. He didn't, he didn't give any other options. Okay, let's go to um, we talked about the seven times seven. Let's go down to verse five and six. Luke 17, verse five and six. Luke 17, verse five and six. Read that for us, Rita. Coming from the ESV. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Okay. Can anybody tell me what they think that means? Because people use this for different things. The, the, the apostles wanted their faith increased. The Lord said, if you had some, if, if you had some, you, you would know it. So instead of increasing, you want, you want him to increase your faith, but it's, instead of getting your faith increased, you, we need to learn how to exercise the faith that we already have. Okay. The, anyone else? And some of us take it literally that, you know, all, all we have to do is move, believe and then God will move this mountain or whatever. Uh, but the, the disciples were very, very, they were extremely perceptive here. And they recognize that you have to have great faith in God. Yes, ma'am. Were you going to say something? Mm -hmm. So when God, okay, you talked about the faith, the apostles, and he said that um, if you have faith like a, uh, a, a mustard seed, and we know that's very tiny. Now, we're talking about Christians or anybody? No. Who was... Christ talking to the apostle. So, go ahead. I, I think about it again. Well, I got a, I got a question. May help somebody along. This is not separate from what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. So we just sat here and went over how hard it is to do it, didn't mm -hmm. we? Yeah. So they would now. What you think it that mean? It's not. What it was a question they asked. It's right there they they asked their faith. Increase our faith. Why do they want their faith increased? Increase because faith. they were just asked to do because something. They have difficulty it. They can't do it. Now y'all should be in the right. right. And so the they're they're wanting more. Do we have to have more faith? Do you understand? Because they are say what mother? No, you just You only have to have a little faith. But they, you know, and they, if they finally got, do we have to have faith? Doc touched on it Sunday. A mulberry tree has very long, strong roots. You remember him talking about that? Okay. Oh, okay. A mulberry tree? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And if you have the faith of a mustard seed, 
you you know if, if well let's go on further I'll get into that because you know, I'm getting into trying to do what he talked about and then do my lesson and it's not coming out right but we, they recognize that you know it only takes a little faith you know we don't need to have more faith okay it doesn't take a lot of faith um, so if Jesus point in the passage let me go on. Here they were perceptive. They recognized that great faith in God is needed to get along with people in this forgiving, non-offending way. Jesus' point in the previous passage was to narrow forgiveness. They didn't that they, they didn't need this faith. This work of pardoning every offense of every man that continually seemed so difficult even to the disciples themselves that they saw without an extraordinary degree of faith, they should never be able to keep this demand, command. So they were asking him, do we have to have more faith to do this? Do I have to have more? Do I have to have more? You, you understand what I'm saying? It seemed like me. They was telling him. They were asking him to give them more. They were asking to give more faith. Do I? Have, we have to have more faith. Do we have to have more faith? I was. I was saying that if it's something that's expected of you, then you was down that you can't do it based on what I want you to do. If I expect you to do something based on his command, I want you to do this, but you felt like you can't do it, so. Do you need to do it? But he was telling them, if you got just a little bit of faith, you must see you can't even see. So take that faith and do it. That, that's just how I perceive it. See, we usually think that you have to have something big and yeah, dramatic right. and miraculous. But all you need is that little faith. That little bit of faith. And you can move. Grow. Right. It will. And, and just having that little faith in Christ, in Christ, and that's the key, in Christ, then you can do those things. The faith that we must have, the faith that we must have is a faith that has more to do with what kind of faith it is than how much faith there is. Amen. That's the point that I wanted to bring out. A small amount of faith such as mustard seed, which is very small, can accomplish great things. If that small amount of faith is placed in a great and mighty God. Okay? Right. So it's not faith in your faith. No, right. It's not faith in your ability. It's faith in his it's ability. In his ability to do that. Yeah. So it's the object. It's where our faith is placed. The object of our faith. So, so think about this. They humanly thought Right. We can't we we need something extra from a human perspective to do something that's impossible. Because a mulberry bush roots grow deep. The mustard seed is small. Yeah. So you're saying, so Lord, are you saying that the faith that we have, we need to exercise it and it's enough to move a mulberry bush? Yes. yes. The key word is exercise. Exercise the faith. Exercise the faith you got. Like I keep, you just said it in different ways. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Exercise your faith. Pour out the cup that you got before you start talking about you want a pitcher. Right. I said right. that Sunday. Mm -hmm. You got the you got the exercise what you got. If you ain't got a thimble full, it's powerful enough to do anything. 
You have to remember the faith that Christ, he said he gave every man a measure. Yeah. The issue is not the amount. It's do you believe it and where is it focused? Who is it focused on? Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of times, let's be honest, we have faith in our faith. Mm -hmm. We have faith in our job. We have faith in our bank account. We have faith in a lot of things mm -hmm. that, that are f fading away. But Sister Brown said it real good. Faith in this powerful God yeah. that tells us, just have faith in me. You don't, you don't need, yep. now there's some parts of the Bible where he, where he watched somebody exhibit great faith. But anytime that you trust God, even though your faith may be measured as a mustard seed, that is great faith. Great faith. Right, right. Yeah. I um, jotted down this quote from Spurgeon. And it says, the eye cannot see itself. Did you ever see your own eye? In a mirror, you see, you you know you have a reflection of your eye, but you don't see your own eye. You may, in like manner, see the evidence of your faith, but you cannot look at the faith itself. Mm. Faith looks away from itself to the object of faith, and that's Christ. Amen. And that was from Spurgeon. Um, another example they talked about is when ice skating. It is far better to have small faith in a thick ice than great faith in thin ice. <laughs> our faith in, in <clears throat> our small faith in so great a savior can accomplish great things. Okay, so it doesn't have to, but again, the flesh tells us, oh, you have to be, have more faith and more faith. And a lot of times the things that we use to measure faith has nothing to do with faith. Again, Amen. we look at, again, the outside things, the material things, and so on and on and on. As we, oh, yeah, they're really, you know, faithful or because they do this and they do that and doing a lot of times it's busy work. And so we have to check ourselves. But again, like it says, our small faith is so great. It is <clears throat> so great. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our small faith <clears throat> and so great a savior can accomplish great things. Okay, are we all clear with that? So now we go down into um, 7 and 10, verses 7 through 10. Uh, again, free, would you read that again for me? Will any one of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and recline at table. Will he not rather say to him, Prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Okay. So here... Basically, in a nutshell, we can't put God in debt to us. Anything we do for him is small repayment for his work in our life. And so we see here that these um, you have the servant coming in. Before I say that, let me say, we had a, uh, when I was working, we had a janitor who came in and he said, I don't do that. You had to wait for the night janitor. But that's your job. You're the janitor. We need paper towel in the room. 
in the bathroom, put it in there. And so the principal had a meeting and he was telling, he told everyone, you have a job to do. And no matter, you know, you look at your job description that always says and other duties or whatever, but we're paying you to do the job. Do your job. Do your job. God has commanded us to do what? Our duty. To do our duty as? Our, huh? Serving him. Serving him to go out and? Do the Great Commission. Yeah. Lord, thank you. I was waiting for somebody to say it, to go out and do the Great Commission. Do your job. We have a job to do. And we are to go out and do it and not expect, well, God, I, I went to Sunday school today and I went to Bible study yesterday. Uh, I'm through. No. No. Our job is never done as saints of God. Yes, we're to go out and we're to, <clears throat> and we're to work and to serve others. And again, we, we talked about faithfulness. We talked about f uh, forgiveness. We talked about faith and we talked about duty. Those are all things that we as saints of God are supposed to do. We're supposed to be faithful. I mean, forgive. we're supposed to have forgiveness as saints of God. We're supposed to be faithful and show, show our faith, live by our faith. And then it's our duty to go out and spread the word, commission, and not expect anymore because God has given us everything. He doesn't need to give us anymore. God given Sister Brown, I think that's our problem as saints of God, because they you know, because of certain ways people uh teach God, it's like you're building up God over you. So right. I do these things, so God, I need you to show up. And then when God disappoints you, now you're mad because you, you wanna now you wanna run the list down to God. Well, God I went to church and went to Sunday school and this. And God said, and right. <laughs> and but but you see the the key is you're 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 not placing uh Worship, fellowship, in its right perspective. Those are privileges, not duties. The duty is a great commission. And see, what you want to do is take the privilege of the fact you come to church, the fact that you can have Bible study, the fact that you can do all these things, and, you, and you're looking at the, the, the cherry versus the work. The work is a great commission. And if you don't do the great commission in, in your own way, then you want to opt out and say, well, God, I did go to church. And then that's when you get, I never knew you. He even mm -hmm. said, think about it. They even said, I cast out demons in your name. Okay. And he said, I never knew you because you never took the time to, to have the relationship that spurs you on to do the duty. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't understand it. I personally understand it because, like I said, maybe y'all meet the Jesus I met. <laughs> but the Jesus I met changed my whole life. And I want to tell as many people about him as I can in my own what he's gifted me to do. Okay. So obviously, if he gave the great commission to all of us, there's something in your faith in him that should motivate you to tell somebody about Jesus. Yes, yes. Because how can you how can you not tell somebody well I know how you can't tell somebody about Christ and the Great Commission because it ain't happened to you. Because you can't tell nothing you can't tell nothing about Jesus what it ain't happened to you. Now you can tell what's in the book, but if it is not heartfelt, you won't get anybody saved with that. You got to have your own testimony, your own private little inter interaction with the true and living God. Christ and him crucified to come and be able to tell somebody and it shouldn't take all day either. Mm -hmm. You know, it should take you you should be talking about it for 15 minutes. You know, you should just witness to somebody. You know, and again, that's something that you have to get comfortable with. You know, I know, and again, expect this. Your object is Christ, your focus is Christ, 
Don't worry about them rejecting you. Amen. Because they're going to reject you. Yes. Trust me. We experienced that this Saturday. But it's okay. Because every time there's rejection, just remember, you keep going. There's going to be somebody that's going to listen to you. And the Bible says when one person gives his life to Christ, when one person repents, all heaven rejoices. Amen. Amen. So you're going to win. Just do your duty. Okay? All right. Go ahead, sister. I'm sorry. Uh -uh. No, thank you. And so in verse 10, when we see, so you too, when you do all the things which you are commanded, you say we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. And so what we were, what I was saying earlier is like as saints of God, it doesn't stop. We don't say I went to church today, I prayed on the prayer line, and I did this all this today. It's 5 o'clock, Jesus, I'm checking out. I'm through for the day. I put in my hours. No, our hours go 24-7 as saints of God, 24-7. Um, and so <clears throat> that is the path that we have. And it's, 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 some would say it's a hard path, but it's not, it's not. Christ does not have to repay us again, like I said earlier, for anything because he's given it all to us and he doesn't have to, we're, you know, we don't get overtime. We don't get paid overtime for being the saint of God. He's given us everything and so we have to we have a duty to go out and do the great commission at all times i went to quick trip the other day to get my coffee like i have to always have to get my coffee um there was a young lady there crying and she was on the telephone and she was just crying and crying and crying and i stopped getting my coffee and i just touched i said i don't know why you're crying but can i pray with you she said, yeah. And, you know, and I, I didn't know what it was, but I just felt compelled that I had to do that. Um, those are the things that, that, that we're talking about. We have to go out at all times. Go out and tell those people who Christ is and what he's done for you and what he can, the same thing he's done for you. He can do that for others. That's our duty. It's not a nine to five. We don't check in and out. Um, you know, it's an ongoing thing because he's given us so much things that we take for granted. Uh, uh, I can't remember who that was talking about the, this, the, was it, uh, was it you? They talked about the rays in the sun. Karen. No. Karen. 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 Yeah. I do that a lot. And when she was saying that, I'm like, wow, I do that too. You know, it's just like, look at God. He does so much for us and for granted. Sometimes we need to stop and just think about what he does for us. Because I don't think a lot of us really realize it. Um, you know, we complain and we complain, and but you know, we have to just keep on striving because even in the sickness, there's some good in that. Yeah. There's some good in, it. in the pain. There's some good in that. Uh, I heard someone say, when you don't have pain, then you need to start worrying, <laughs> you know. But nobody there's... No, really nobody wants to feel pain, but you know, there's a... Sometimes it's good. If you wake up and don't have any pain and nothing wrong, maybe something wrong. You could be paralyzed. You, could, you know what I'm saying? So you can always see something good, but take every opportunity that you can to go say something good to someone, brighten up someone day and let them know that God is with you all the time, all the time. All the time.
Can I say something? Yes, ma'am, you can. Um, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. I don't know they started kind of early. I was on Grand and 64 trying to get the food stamp out. And it was this guy that was begging on the street. And I thought about what Pastor said, you know, I might get him a cup of water and stuff like that. And I, that's just been on my mind. Like, I got food stamps. I could get a case of water and then, you know, just sit it in my car and let it be there like, yeah, that might, you know, like, that'll be a good, you know, that'll be a good thing. Because people always big and all around people are always big. And so I had a water bottle. I had a bottle of water in my bag. And it was this guy standing on the corner looking bad. And I was thinking, like, there got my opportunity to get some water. And then I thought again, like, girl, roll your window down by yourself and have that stranger come to your car. But then you don't have to crack the window. This is what's all going on in my mind. Why the light is red. And then that, you know. All of this stuff in my mind, and then somewhere in the back of my mind, it said, you know, good and gosh darn well, just sit here, let that light turn green, and then <laughs> go about your day, because it's early, you alone, you were, it, so many possibilities that could have, like, they just could have happened. Like, I wanted to give them the water, but I didn't, but I did, but I didn't, but I did, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to keep going back and forth on this, didn't, it did, didn't, it did. Light, please turn green, because I'm a sinner. I'm just going to sit here. Well, you know what, there has been times, and, and, and talking about what, what Doc had talked about, there have been times when I've sat on the corner waiting for the lights and someone is begging, and I'm contemplating, and I may pull off, and I've actually turned around and went back and gave, because sometimes people out there just trying to get over it, and we know that. Yeah. But when, I mean, when God puts it on your heart to do that, that was nothing but God that gave Doc, you know, Doc, because I think you said you went back in the house to get the water, Doc. Because no, you know, no, no. Was, me and Steve was together. Yeah, I know you went, but to, uh, Mother Guy's okay. Steve. But I thought you had said you went in the no, house no, to get no. your water. I was just giving one glass of water. One, I mean, a bottle of water for myself for that. Yeah. And okay. We just ride and we pull up, pull up, and and there's a guy, and he came to the window and he said, he said something about he said, do you have any water? He went at the window to even see that I had water. The water was like here, and Steve was on this side of me. So, yeah, I tell Steve, give it to him, okay. you know, give it to him. And it just, you know, for me, it's like that water was for me, given to me. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to give what was given to me away. And it always amazes me what God, it's the, God shows me personally, lessons in small things. Yes. I don't need the big dramatic thing anymore. Just the fact that I can wake up every day and go about my business and love and, and give God's word to me is a blessing that my mind stays on Jesus. It's like, I don't understand it. It is supernatural because there's a whole lot of things I can pay attention to, but I spend hours and hours thinking about Jesus and how good he's been to me. And now I understand when Romans 2 and 4, why it means so much to me. The goodness of God should lead me to a changed mind. And my mind is being changed every day. And that's why I say, I can truly say, regardless, I look at people as truly a soul. That's something they need from us as Christians. A saint needs to be encouraged. A, a, a non-saint needs to hear the gospel so they can be saved. And even like, like we did Saturday, passing out the tracks are a good way. You ain't really got to say nothing because the tracks say everything. So for those of you who are kind of shy with talking, take some tracks and give out the tracks. You know, if they take it, fine. If they don't take it, fine. Leave them in places. You ever thought about that? When you go, just leave it. Just, just put it somewhere where you know somebody's going to look at it. Because that's what we did, too. 
And we watched the guy, because you know the, the ones that get the dollar bills on them? Guy looked, he looked twice, and then he went over there and picked it up. And he kind of put his pocket thinking it was real. And walked away, but see, we just like this. Just maybe, he'll look at it. Right, right. You know, and the goal for going out, going out, passing out tracks is not to get people to come to our church. It's to get people to Christ. Period. That's all it's for. If they want to come to our church, the address is on the on one of them things. But I don't really worry about that. I don't sit there and talk about walking truth. I talk about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. But, but the point that I was trying to make, though, was after I was going all of this back and forth in my head and I didn't get it, man, or water, I went to work and I had a coworker who was just, yep, yep, yep. She talked real fast. I barely understand what she's saying half the time. But I didn't pick up something, something. She yada, yada, yada. But will you pray for me? And then... At that moment, I picked up my hand. I pray with you because we ain't on the floor. And I have never done that. I ain't never done that. But I come to church and we talk about that. And instead of like, yeah, when somebody say, I've, I've learned that, like hanging out with everybody here. When somebody say it on the prayer line, will you pray with me? Because she was just complaining, complaining like, yeah, girl, I just asked you to pray with me. And I picked up my hand right away and it's like, I, I pray with you. And I didn't know what to expect. But just how... How easily that came. Like, I'm on grand, I'm riding, and that's not, not, not going to open my window to this stranger. So, that's all bad. But, yeah, I feel like, yeah, the Lord gave me another opportunity because I, I hadn't been thinking about it. And I was just like, I don't know what to do in that situation. I could have gave him some water, but he could have tried to take my truck. I don't know. But... I went to work on about my business, and I was presented with another opportunity to, in another way, pray you know, to share, share with somebody. My coworker wanted me to pray for her, and the good thing, she prayed, I prayed with her, and she prayed with me back. She took my hand, bowed her head, like we, it was a cool little prayer before we went to work. So that was good, Amen. because sometimes Amen. when you're by yourself, it's hard to kind of let your window down and give him, but like, if you see him, you like two or three cars behind, you can take a little dollar out of whatever you want. And have it ready, okay. Have it ready to go to him first, I'm right there. there. Because <laughs> when you start, you know, because, you know, it's so dangerous out here. You yeah. scared to do anything. I had went to uh, the Dollar Tree, came out the store. It was a husband I, husband and wife and five kids. Mm -hmm. They said, can you spare it? Can you give us a donation? We're trying to get over to Illinois. They needed a bus fare or whatever. And I, first thing I said is, no. Got to my car. And some said, In fact, I feel sorry for children because of these parents. So it was like, Go back and give them something. Mm -hmm. So I went back and I'm saying, here you go. It was five dollars I gave them. And they was like, thank you so much. And the kids, they were all wrapped in blankets and stuff. You know, and I'm like, you know, but you don't want to pull out money while you're walking either. So I'm like, there's some other things. Yeah, yeah there's some other things, but I think again, like I said, want. you know, the spirit gives you in, in certain situations, the spirit gives you the discernment to know whether to what to do or what not to do. Mm -hmm. And we just have to follow that. But it, we got like two or three more minutes. I just want to wrap this up. When we look at verse 10, at the second part, it says, We are unworthy servants. We have done only that which we ought to have done. And so we have to have that this attitude, understand when we have this attitude, this understand we have understand that our master has done more. And greater things for us than we can ever do for him. We can never repay him for what he's done for us. And what he did for us was out of pure love because he loved us. 
when we love one another, we can give that $5 and not even worry about it. We, um, but you know, when you give it and then you feel it because I should have kept my money and stuff like that, you know, no, you give it out of love and what we do for him is out of pure gratitude and duty. He doesn't have to pay us. When our hearts are right and we live and act as if we are happy to have the privilege of being allowed to serve God. Again, Spurgeon tells us growing saints think themselves nothing. Full grown saints think themselves less than nothing. So I don't know if I did this any justice. I tried. But I got the understanding, if we don't get anything out of this parable, I want you to remember the faithfulness, the forgetfulness, the faith, and the duty. That's what we as saints of God are supposed to do. Amen. And that's what was translated in this parable here. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. Now, I just want to say before we end, from 14, go back to the from 14 to into chapter 18, Jesus gives all these parables. He's teaching them because he's on his way to the cross. Amen. So he's giving them from 14 to 18. You should be able to pick out the lesson. Pick out the lesson. Like what Sister Brown just did, you should pick out the lesson. Like the end of chapter 16, the beginning of chapter 16. The beginning of chapter 16 is about being Christians being shrewd, being setting themselves up for the, the, the past life. And you go so on and so on. So you can start at 14 and go all the way through and see if you can pick out the lessons that are from 14 to the end of chapter 18 and see how many you come up with. So you got three right there. So see how many you come up with because it's imperative that you come up with what you see. So my prayer is that God will, God will open your hearts and enlighten of your understanding that you'll be able to see these lessons that are imperative for those of us who are called disciples of Christ. Amen? Amen. You want to pray, Sister Brown? Yes. Grace Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this lesson, Lord. Thank you for letting us see about our faithfulness, our duty, oh Father God. And just continue to let us walk by faith and not by sight. And Lord, let us realize that we need to exercise the faith that we have, and that's enough to move any mountain before us. But Lord, teach us how to exercise our faith when, even though we have faith, your answer is no. That's when the exercise of our faith has to be tested the most. Not when you say yes, but when you say no. And we have to understand that you have a better plan than we could ever imagine for us. But we still focus on you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray for everyone in this church and all those in church who call upon the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon.